0: Amen. Hey, two quick things. Um, first, just a reminder. Last week, we talked about going to shinechurch.life slash topics, and we're asking for your feedback on different messages that we, as a teaching team, uh, can bring to you that you uh, might have interest in. And uh, we had 37 responses last weekend. I thought that was pretty good. I, that was good. Uh, but there's more than 37 of you in here, so I know you probably have... I wish they would teach on... This is your opportunity. Um, go to that shinechurch.life slash topics. This is your opportunity to put in what that is. What's interesting is we're already seeing some pretty common themes um, that we're going to be able to grab a hold of and actually uh, bring to you in the coming months. The second thing is this uh, here we are, beginning of the year. I know a lot of times people kind of make uh, resolutions. We've talked about that. Um, but a lot of times people say, hey, you know what? I think this would be a good time to start getting involved in church. Now, When I first got saved, I gave my heart to the Lord, Uh, I realized, you know what, that is probably what God wants me to do is get involved um, and help the church do uh, different ministries. And so here's what I did. I think I told some of you this already in in testimony, but uh, I decided to join the Easter Cantada. Uh, It was It was awesome. Uh, not really. Uh, and so, I mean, the cantata was, but I am, I've, I've got an okay voice, but it's just not like the top of the line, like Janelle and Pastor DJ. Um, but I just felt like I had to get involved and I didn't know where to do it. And so, uh, they made that announcement. And so I just said, okay, that's where I'm supposed to go. And so I just signed up for that. Um, here, the, here's the funny thing. Practiced for months going to the East, you know, the rehearsals for that Easter came, I slept through two of the three services. Slept right through them. My mom came from Colorado Springs, from Willem Park. She called me at the beginning of the second one and said, where are you? I lived in Estes Park an hour away. Um, Why do I tell you that? Because there is something in all of us that is wired to, you know what? We wanna live life together. We should support one another. And a great way to do that is to get involved in ministry teams here at the church. Um, On any given weekend, you might come and you might go, wow, they've got everything put together and everything, they had greeters, they had people help find seats. They had workers in the nursery and the childcare. They had people behind the coffee bar. Um, Yeah, we do have all those things, but the truth is some weekends we're scrambling to get people in those positions. And so we need you. We need you to be a part um, in serving and helping us out. And so shinechurch.life slash teams, T-E-A-M-S, teams, shinechurch.life slash teams. Please Pray over the list there and see where maybe God might want you to get plugged in. I'm not going to ask for one single thing uh, so that you might not get, you might do what I did and just join up to that one thing. But go look at the list of things there on that website um, and sign up for one of those because we could sure use you uh, just to help us do the things that we do on a week-in and week-out basis. And so, shinechurch.life slash teams. So, all right, we're going to jump in to part two of this series called Centered. I'm going to open up with prayer, ask that um, God would speak to me like I always do. Here's what I want you to pray. Um, I know that life can be full of distractions and full of different things that are going on, and uh, there's I've just been in this long enough to know some of you are really struggling right now whether it be work issues or family issues, maybe some of you just even health issues right now, this is a great time to ask Jesus to come in, to be the center of those issues because sometimes we focus so much on those issues, we forget that as Janelle was saying, um, you know what, God is bigger than all of those things. And by going to prayer and asking him to come in to speak to us through worship or through a message, man, that is when we give the Holy Spirit opportunity to come in. And like we're saying, that's how we fight our battle is to bring him and say, come in and be a part of this. So Heavenly Father, we do that right now. God, I pray that you would be more at the core of every single person in this room than you ever have been before. And God, we take a minute in time right now to just focus in on you and to say, be our center. Holy Spirit, Help us to remember, help us to know that you are bigger than whatever issue we're facing, whatever thing that we're going through. And God, I pray that you would help us to focus in on what you would have for us, the things that you wanna speak to us. And God, I pray that, um, God, I would be led by your spirit in delivering the message that you have. God, I've prepared, I've prayed through, but Lord, if you wanna change it, I am more than willing to go whatever direction you want this service to go and so Lord, lead me, lead us, speak to all of us, change our lives. If that's your prayer, say amen. All right, so last week we talked about putting Jesus at the center of who we are. Um, I do not have time to go into and rehash um, all the things that we discussed. wanna encourage you, go to our Facebook page, which is Shine Church CO for Colorado in Facebook, and you can get the message, you can watch it right there. Um, and I'm a little biased, but I thought it was really good. So go online, grab a hold of, of the content of that, because we talked about, as we end, go into the new year, putting Jesus at the center of who we are. There's really only three things that we put at the center, either ourselves, others, or God. And so I want to encourage you, let's put Jesus at the center. So here's where I'm going to take off from there. If that is what we're supposed to do as believers, if that's what we're supposed to do as Christians, let me just ask you this question. Why do we struggle doing this? Selfish, selfish meaning what? Our human nature is to be selfish. You know what, here's something interesting. Um, I was thinking about when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they, the Bible says they walked with God in the cool of the day. Okay? And I think at the time before they eat the tr- ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I believe that their entire focus was on God. I mean, that's, they were there, they were tending his garden, they were put there by him, they were given instruction by him, they were living out in that instruction, but here's what happened. They got their eyes off of God and they focused on what the enemy wanted to do and then ultimately on themselves because the enemy tempted them by saying, hey, you know what? God just doesn't want you to be just like him. That's why he won't let you eat this fruit. He tempted him, yeah? And so Adam and Eve took their eyes off of God and all of a sudden put it onto the temptation or even on the selfishness. So you just reminded me of that. Sorry, I went on a little, a little tangent there. Why else do we struggle in putting God in the center? Maybe selfishness, I like that. Anything else come to mind? Busy, go into that a little bit. Absolutely. So we get caught up in our day-to-day routine. Anybody else? Like five people are busy in here. Okay. Hey, busyness is something I believe that the enemy wants to trap us and, and keep us bound by. If we get distracted by work or school or the things that we have to do, then we end up putting those things at the center of our life instead of putting God at the center. And man, it is it is a temptation that is hap- that happens every day. I struggle. I struggle with it every single morning. I try to get up every single morning and spend some time reading, spend some time praying. But man, when there's a a list, man, I am type A personality, and when there's a list to do, I have a hard time going. Well, that's I'm going to go sit and read for. 30, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. What a waste of time when I have this huge list of things. Anybody else? But the truth is, when I do take that time, I am amazed at how many times something that I read in the morning or something that I've prayed through in the morning comes out some point later in the day. I believe it's because God wants us to understand that he wants to strengthen us when we put him at the core, at the center. We get those things we talked about last week. We get all the answers that we're dealing with when we put him at the center. What else? One other, yes? Lack of trust. Lack of trust. Meaning what? So if he doesn't do things the way that we think they should be done, then all of a sudden we, um, we begin to doubt whether he's good, maybe. We start to doubt if he can be trusted. And church, I'm here to tell you, uh, he can very much be true, trusted. He is a good God. He wants us to uh, rely on him. But again, like you said, his timing may be a little bit different. And that can distract us from putting him at the center of our life, without a doubt. Anybody else? Yes, leave on. no you don't know what it means to put God at the center or even how to do that. Ooh, I love that. That's a great response because I think people, especially people that may be new in their relationship with Christ, but even people who've been walking for a long time, can struggle with, well, how do I do this I try to read, but it doesn't seem to impact me, or I try to pray and I don't hear anything. Um, I think we're gonna be talking about that a little bit today, and even in the coming weeks, we're gonna keep um, expanding on those things because we really want this to be more practical on how to make Him center. Very good, I love that. Somebody had their hand up over here. Yes. the gratification here on earth, rather than um, thinking about it from uh, an eternal perspective, a heavenly perspective. Uh, I call it, I tell my staff all the time, T-I-H. You know what that stands for? Anybody? Treasures in heaven. Treasures in heaven. T-I-H. I, so I will see somebody do something, I'm like, oh, T-I-H. What? Treasures in heaven. You're getting some treasures in As a Matter of fact, our video guy, Brad Davis, right now, he's a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. Don't hold that. i against him. Don't have But he is actually here working the video while the Chiefs are actually playing the playoff game. I told him earlier, I said, I don't know how you're doing that because if the Broncos were there, I wouldn't be teaching. <laughs> um, so I, I just told him, hey, TIH, man, the fact that you would actually sacrifice the thing that I, I know you enjoy, you're a fan of, but you would sacrifice that to help serve us here. Man, that's TIH, treasures in heaven. When we seek the gratification though instantly for today, man, that can keep us from keeping God at the center. All of these things are true. There are so many different attacks and so many different things that come against us. And so I thought what I would do this week is I wanna talk about um, one of the reasons or I think one of the big reasons that we struggle and that is that we don't understand necessarily the battle that is going on for our lives. And so uh, each one of us is made up of three parts. First Thessalonians 5.23 says this, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, um, if you want to follow along with notes, uh, Bible.com, the you version, we do have the notes on there so you can get these notes um, either right now or anytime later this weekend. Um, but... I want to draw out, out of that first Thessalonians 5.23, God of peace sanctify you through and through, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what I've been taught. Um, I've been taught through the scripture and through other teachings that, that are the, the, those are the three things that make us who we are as human beings. We have a spirit inside of us, we have a soul inside of us, and we have a body or we have a flesh that we live in, yes? And so uh, I've got a graphic that this just popped up and I want to kind of symbolize what this looks like and maybe a little understanding. I know when I heard this teaching the first time, man, it totally set me free into some of the questions, some of the thoughts uh, that I had about putting Jesus at the core of who I am. So here we are. We are made out of spirit, soul, and flesh. Um, the Word of God says... 2 Corinthians 1.22, he says that he anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what comes. Okay, so here's here's what takes place. Um, When we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is actually deposited into the spirit of who we are. Now, up until then, we are searching We talked about this in in the past. We are searching for things to fill that hole in us. But when we come to understand that God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, and that he died for our sins so that we could have this life, the word of God says that we get the Holy Spirit deposited into our spirit. Now, if we're made up of spirit, soul, and body, and the Holy Spirit goes into our spirit, man, what happens to our soul? And really, what is our soul? And so let me help you to understand this. Our soul is our mind, will, and our emotions. Put it up on the graphic there. And here's what is interesting, and here's what I was taught so many years ago, and I remember just the freedom that came when I heard this. Your mind, your will, and your emotions, when you ask Jesus into your heart, it still struggles with the old man. Your spirit might be brand new. Your spirit may be alive and have a new king, have the Lord of lords and king of kings inside, but your soul, your mind, will, and emotions needs to be reminded that you have new, a new lord, a new king in your life. Your mind, will, and emotions makes up the person of who you are. You could say it's your personality. The way you think, the way you feel, The things you do, the things you act on, the will that you have, that makes up the person that you are. It makes up your personality. And so I want you to understand this. Your soul, when you ask Jesus in your heart, your soul doesn't become automatically saved. It's why the Word of God tells us that we have to capture each thought. If our soul, if our mind, will, and emotions were automatically saved when we asked Jesus in our heart, why would we have to capture our thoughts? Why would we have to renew our mind, as it says in the Word of God? Why would we have to renew it so that we can be transformed into Christ-likeness? Why would we have to renew it if our soul gets saved in that moment, that experience. And so here's what I want you to understand. There's a battle for this person that you are. There's a battle for your personality. Before salvation, this was a very one-sided battle. There was the flesh and a hole. And your flesh was constantly trying to fill that hole with whatever it could. Toys, relationships, whatever thing that you could put in there. But then at some point, I hope that you've come to an understanding that God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to fill that spot. And so what happens is when the Spirit is filled with the Holy Spirit, now all of a sudden, a battle begins to take place. Now, like we said, when we enter into that relationship with Jesus, we're given the Holy Spirit as a deposit into us, And then this battle ensues. In Galatians 5, 16 through 18, it says this. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit... You are not under the law. Okay, can you see the battle? Now, Galatians 5, a little bit later, Galatians 5 actually lists the characteristics of the flesh, and then it also lists the characteristics of the Spirit. The Spirit, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-care. All those things are the things that you're gonna bear fruit when you live by the Spirit, but all the things, envy, jealousy, fits of rage, all of those things come out when we are led by the flesh. And so here's what I want you to understand. There is a battle for your soul that goes on between your spirit and your flesh. Now, I've heard it taught this way, that your spirit and your flesh are constantly going at each other. They're like attacking each other. And I don't think that's the case. I think what happens is actually what's on this graph right here, and that is this. Your person has needs. Your mind, your your will, your feelings, there are things that each of us struggle with day in and day out. And so in order to meet the needs of our mind, our will, and emotions, both our spirit and our flesh are simply trying to meet that need. These two arrows right here, our spirit tries to meet the thoughts that we have, give us the proper thoughts, give us the proper feelings, tell us what to do, how to act in our will, and our flesh at the same time is trying to do that the same way. Okay, let me illustrate this. If you ever had a bad day, help me out here. If you've had a bad day and you're just not feeling good, what is something that you have done in your flesh to make you feel better? McDonald's, go into that. <laughs> Meaning what? Even if you don't feel, man, it'll give me comfort, right? Right? You feel worse after, but boy, does that Big Mac, a quarter pounder with cheese, taste good right then, right? Somebody else, You're, you had a crummy day. Wine, wine. Glass of wine or bottle? Starts with the glass, and you're like, hey, I feel pretty. And it could end up as a bottle. What else? Something else. Shopping. I had shopping from two different people right away. Boom, boom, boom. Absolutely. Hey, if I can just go and buy myself something nice, hey, that'll make me feel better because I don't feel good right now. My thinking is terrible, so if I get that right thing, maybe I'll think life is a little bit better. Does somebody else have something else? Video games, absolutely, yep. Some people totally go into video games and that makes them, uh, make them feel better temporarily. And what'd you say? Talking, to a girlfriend. talking with a girlfriend. Now, when do you say talking with a girlfriend, what do you mean? Gossip, that's, I was looking for that, that's good. It shouldn't be taught. Man, anybody else? Denzel Washington movies, okay, absolutely. TV, movies, all of these things that we go to. Todd, did you have one? Listen to music that you probably shouldn't be. Yeah, pull out the Christian screamo, right? This is something that we all deal with. It is very real. It's a battle that takes place in our life each and every day. And if you don't understand this battle, then you will will struggle putting God first at the center of your life. You know who, you know, biblically, who understood this really well was Paul. Romans 7, 15 through 19 says this, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. We should probably read that one more time. Bottom line is this, Paul is going, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be this converted Christian. I have asked Jesus into my heart. I'm supposed to be this different person, but I keep doing these things. I keep thinking these things. Have you ever wondered to yourself, if I'm such a great Christian, why do I keep thinking this? Fill in the blank. Or why do I keep doing fill in the blank? I think the answer is actually fairly simple when you begin to realize this battle that takes place for your person. If your soul, your personality, your mind, your will and emotions is seeking answers to the troubles, tribulations, the excitement, the joys that life brings to you and I, if it's looking for answers for those things, there's two places it's gonna get it. It's either gonna get it from the spirit Or it's going to get it from the flesh. And we live in a world that gets it from where? Flesh. Flesh. We're around it day in, day out, all the time. And we see people satisfying their mind, will, and emotions temporarily with the things of the flesh. And we get caught in the trap of doing the same thing. Well, let me, I I will say it this way. I get caught in the trap of that. And I think everybody gets caught in that. And so my heart for you tonight is this. I want you to understand that both the spirit and the flesh are trying to satisfy your person. If you choose the flesh it may satisfy you temporarily. As a matter of fact, it most likely will. I have never had a bad experience with 12 Krispy Kreme donuts at first. <laughs> There's a donut shop that's pretty close to the church here that actually makes cronuts. Some of the people are, know what I'm talking about. And DJ and I had an argument, how many cronuts is too many cronuts? There's no such thing. Some people, Peter walked around and goes, I have a cronut metabolism that eats them all. I mean, we know that this is true, that when you satisfy yourself through the flesh, what happens is it temporarily meets that need. But here's the truth. It eventually leads to death. I have a couple illustrations, alcohol, drugs, Affairs? Do you know that affairs take place because there's something in the person, whether it be the husband or the wife, there's something in that personality that's not being met, and so therefore the flesh raises up with the temptation? I don't think any couple, I've never had a couple that has sat before me right before their wedding and said, you know what, after five years, I wanna cheat on my spouse. I'll even ask them. Do you want to cheat on your spouse? No. They kind of smiled, like, what kind of a ridiculous question is that? And yet we live in a world that is filled with that. Why? Because we live in a world that lets our flesh try to meet the needs of our person, our soul. Gossip, shopping, TV, you you guys hit all of the ones uh, except for the fair one. If you choose the Spirit's way, there is life and it is long-lasting satisfaction. John 10.10 says this, and this was Jesus' words. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. i us say it again. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. How many of you want to have life to the full? I do. Man, I wanna be living out of that. And the way that you do that is by letting your spirit meet the needs. Because in those times where you're struggling, where you had a bad day, you get the choice to go buy cronuts or turn on some worship music. You get the choice to go grab a bottle of wine or to call a friend and say, hey, I need help, would you pray for me? You have the choice to go shopping, or to spend some time in the Bible and say, God, I need your help right now because I'm hurting. Here's one thing I know for sure. Every single person in this room hurts. It might not be every single day, but every single person at some point, life has given them a trial. Life has given them a circumstance that hurt, that made them irritable, that made them want, lack, they, they, they're lacking, so they need something. Sometimes you just wake up wrong. Anybody? Sometimes you just wake up and you're mm, irritable. It's in those moments that we get to choose, church. And Jesus said, I came to give life and life abundant. And so when we put Jesus at the center of who we are, man, He begins to help us to understand that. And here's the good news. When we do this, when we learn this, when we begin to understand this, we become mindful of the fact that the battle is one that we get to choose who wins. We get to choose whether our flesh wins or whether our spirit wins. And I wish I could say that I am perfect at letting my spirit win, but there's some days where I just let my flesh win. That I just let it win. And you know what's funny about it? I know when I do it. And then the enemy, through his condemnation, comes in and says, oh, you're supposed to be such a good Christian. How could you possibly let that happen? And then what do you do? You beat yourself up even more. And that's where it started with cronuts and went to wine and now you're gossiping. And you spent more money than you should have when you were shopping. Because the enemy, you know the word of God says that we're not to be unaware of his schemes. First off, he hates the fact that I'm telling you this message because it reveals the scheme. It reveals the scheme. And he hates that because he would like to keep you ignorant and not know why so that you will beat yourself up and condemn yourself. Church, listen, the next time you meet a need through your flesh, recognize it, repent of it, and then let it go. Don't let, the whole, don't let the enemy come in and, and condemn you because you made a mistake. We're all going to make mistakes from time to time. So just claim that mistake real quick. Repent. You know what repent means? Huh? Ask for forgiveness, okay? What else? Turn the other way. okay. Anybody else have another definition? Missing the mark, okay? If like an archery, that's that's sin, yeah. But repenting in the Old Testament was turning the other way. If you look it up in the New Testament, though, is, if you look it up, the term repent means to think different. Look it up. It means to think different, which then ultimately ends up turning you around. But here's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of them leading them so they had to just change their actions. But you and I, when you come to, the na- to, to know that the Lord is your savior, you have the Holy Spirit deposited into you. So you now have the voice of God. And so when he begins to reveal to you, hey, you listen to your flesh, all you have to do is go, okay, I'm gonna think differently then. And I may wanna go back to the cronuts, but you know what, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna actually go to the worship music. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles. This is how, we sing these songs and sometimes people get irritated. I've heard this comment. You just keep singing the song over and over and over again. Yeah, because we want you to get it. There's a truth in that song that we're trying to let you get your spirit to get excited about it but our flesh doesn't like it. And so the next time we go into worship, man, go and go. This is how I fight my battles. I I go before the Holy Spirit and say, speak to me. And if I have to sing that over and over and over and over and over and over again until I get good at it, then let it be the case. Go over and over if you have to. Romans 8, 6 says, the mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. You know, there's a funny verse um, in the Old Testament um, God is um, giving to Moses, and, and it says this, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And then he says this, now choose life. Why, why is that in there? What does he have to tell him to choose life? Because we battle, because there's a battle. And to make Jesus the center, we need to recognize what that battle is and we need to keep it at the top of our mind that I'm gonna choose my spirit and not my flesh. And the more you choose your spirit, the stronger you'll get. The more you choose your spirit, the more comfortable you'll be with it. The more you choose your spirit, the more you will default to choosing your spirit. And the same is true of the reverse. The more you listen to your flesh, the more comfortable you'll get by choosing your flesh, and the automatic reaction in a time of trial will be to go by your flesh. And again, We're bombarded with people in the world that are showing us how to do the flesh and it's easy to get caught into that rut. But church, I'm asking you, I'm challenging you. Take this before the Lord. Ask him, Holy Spirit, help me to recognize every time I go by the flesh and not the spirit so that I can get good at going by the spirit. So Here's what I felt like the Lord wanted me to conclude with. How do we win this? <laughs> Paul says, after that section in, in Scripture that it was kind of hard to understand for I, I do not understand what I do, what I want to do, I do not do what I, I mean, he just goes back and forth. This is what he says. What a wretched man I am. <laughs> what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's putting Jesus at the center that's gonna rescue us in this battle. And so here's what I wanna do. Hopefully this will work. I wanna read the parable of um, the farmer who, who sowed the seed, the parable of the seed. And um, I'm gonna read it in just a minute, but before I do, I wanna read a verse that comes shortly after that parable. In Luke 8, and I do not, I have this verse up behind me, but I don't have the, the whole parable, so you're just gonna have to listen. But in Luke 8, verse 16, it says, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. That's the first verse that immediately comes after the parable of the sower or the seed, Okay. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. And then it says this Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. I was reading that the other day, and I was like, God, what in the world? Where where does that come in regards to lighting a lamp? And then he reminded me of the parable that was right before it. And the parable has to do with how you hear and what soil it is of your heart that that seed falls. And so here's what I wanna do. I want you to close your eyes as I read this parable. And I want you to visualize this parable. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. Do your very best to picture this as I read it. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. You actually see the birds eating that seed. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns it grew up with those thorns and it i mean, sorry it grew up with the plant or the seed and it choked out the plants still other seed fell on good soil it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown your eyes are still closed can you see the crop fell on good soil. There's just so much crop right there. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And remember it said, be careful how you listen. His disciples asked him, what in the world does this mean? And so he said this. Now this time, I want you to picture the things that would keep you from listening to your spirit. If the battle is between your spirit speaking to you and your flesh speaking to you, what we listen to is vitally important. And he said, the knowledge of the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing, they might they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Think about maybe just a verse real quickly while your eyes are closed. Think about a verse that has been maybe a deep seed for you, a meaningful seed for you. Those along the path are the ones who hear And the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. Think about a time where you've tried to tell somebody about the goodness of God and immediately they reject it. Think about a time where maybe you heard a teaching or you heard somebody tell you something and as quickly as you heard it, you forgot it. goes on and says, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. Think about a test that has come. Think about somebody that maybe initially got super excited about the things of God, but then a trial came and a test, and it just stole that joy away, that goodness away. Maybe there was a time in your life where you got super excited about God and what he was doing in your life, but then something terrible came, and it was that moment where you started to doubt God. You started to doubt his goodness. You just started to go, you know what, I don't know if this is for me. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. What a great opportunity right now. If any of those thoughts have come to your mind, this is a great time to go, Jesus, I'm sorry. It was at that moment that I stopped putting you at the center and put him back right now change that situation and put him back at the center. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. They are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. When I say the word worries, what comes to mind? What issues do you see? Is there something you're worrying about right now that you're putting more effort to that thing than to what God has for you in the Word? What about riches? Are you seeking after things or wealth, and you've replaced the joy and the good seed with the pursuit of those things? The pleasures. Are you seeking after happy moments, joyful things, the feel good things of life, and that has replaced where God was at the center? any of those things, just repent right now. Tell him, you know what, I'm gonna think differently. I'm gonna hear differently. I wanna receive the word of God, and I don't wanna let those things choke out the life and the goodness that you have for me. It goes on, and says this, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce A crop. Church, look up at me. The enemy, the enemy of our souls, cannot stand when seed hits good, fertile soil, because he knows that when it does, it becomes the center of who you are, and he loses that area of your life, and so he'll do whatever he can to steal that from you. He'll distract you in the middle of a message, or he'll distract you when somebody comes and gives you a word, and he'll try to steal that right away. He'll distract you in your prayer time by trying to give you a thought that goes contrary to the answer that God has for you. God, help me to be a better husband. Go buy your wife flowers. You just did that last week. It happens that quick in our head. God speaks and then the enemy comes and tries to steal that away. Church, don't let him do that. He tries to come and take it through trials. He tries to convince you that God is not good because this bad thing happens. There's a question that I get all the time and the question is this, if God is so good, why does this happen? And that question in itself automatically (coughs) leads us to going through our flesh, our understanding rather than our spirit and what God knows to be true. And I get it. There are times in life where I have gone, what up, God, what is going on? But do not let that trial, do not let that questioning steal the good word from you. Do not let that take the ability to hear. Remember what it says, be careful then how you listen. You know what, you can question God Be okay with him going, hey, I'm not going to tell you the answer right now. Maybe it's bigger than you could ever think of or imagine. Maybe it's something you can't even comprehend. And so if you go before him and you don't get a clarity in that, just go, okay, God, I'm going to put it on the shelf. And if you want to answer that one day, that's great. But if not, I'm going to keep moving towards you. I'm not going to let this trial. I'm not going to let this unanswered question, I'm not gonna let the wise of life stop me from living the life that you have for me. The worries, the cares, the pleasures, the, the money, the wealth, the pursuit of those things, man, it's all very real. And it's something we all struggle with. But here's what I know, that when God gets into your heart, in whatever the area that is, and you start to trust him, the enemy loses. And so when you're worried about something, when you find yourself anxious about something, ask yourself, am I letting my flesh try to meet these questions, or am I gonna let the Spirit do it? And do whatever you can to put yourself in a position where you listen to the Spirit. Because when you do, that's when life comes. That's when you get to put Jesus at the core and at the center of who you are. And I thought it was just very interesting that after that parable, it says, no one lights a lamp and puts something over it. Get this. There's a reason those things are right next to each other, and I believe the reason is this. When you have good, fertile soil and you let the word of God put get put into you and you believe it with all of your heart and you let that resonate from who you are, guess what? That's gonna light you up. And you're going to shine. And you're going to be attractive. And you're gonna be this beacon that people are drawn to. The thing I love about this logo right here is the light's inside and it shines out. This is what God has asked us to do. How do we do it? We have to be careful about where that seed falls. And we have to be very intentional about making sure that we let that feed our spirit and not the worries, not the cares, not the trials. But let God get in there and lead us. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. God, I thank you for the fact that we get to hear your voice. God, I thank you that I can look back on times where I've missed the mark, where I've sinned, and if I take any time at all to reflect back on it, I can remember how your spirit was right there speaking to me, either telling me not to do that thing or telling me to go a different way or telling me to think about it differently but God, I I chose still to go through the flesh. And so God, I pray that you would just help me help this church. God, help us get good at listening to your spirit. Help us get good at hearing your heart. Help us have the right thinking towards our own lives, help us have the right thinking towards other people that you put into our path. Help us to understand what you are doing in the spirit and help us not to trust in our own abilities, our own flesh. God, help us recognize when the enemy is coming to steal that word from us, help us to recognize when a trial has hindered our ability to hear from you. God, help us to recognize when we're worrying or when we're pursuing either pleasures or wealth, God, help us to recognize what you really want us to be pursuing. And God, help us to get good at this. Help us to get good at this. God, may we be better at this this year than we've ever been before. May we keep at the forefront of our thoughts the question, Holy Spirit, what would you do here? Holy Spirit, what would you say here? Holy Spirit, guide me in this. Not just on a weekend, but every single day. Be the center, Lord. Help us to listen well. And We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I got a little deeper than I thought it was gonna. <laughs> but I think it's just a good word. And I, I hope um, that it's something that this week you'll challenge yourself. Hey, am I going by the flesh? Or am I going by my spirit? Great way to do this is to journal. Okay? Uh, and it's funny because the enemy will try to deny it. it. will try to keep you from journaling. I will start a journal and then miss and then will be like, okay, I missed for a week. How can, I, I I don't even know where to start again. And then I'll wait a whole month and then I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna journal again. I, it's funny um, because here's the power in it. When you journal, you can see patterns where you heard from the spirit or where you heard from the flesh. Do a little spirit flesh journal. Maybe that's something for somebody, those who has ears to hear. Have a wonderful night. That's it. We're over. I don't know how to dismiss. So you guys be blessed. Have a great weekend.